Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. Well, I hope you've been enjoying this series of messages in the book of Proverbs. I know I've been enjoying it, and I really do sense that our, our general level of wisdom is just increasing. I love to see not only people listening to the Word of God, but actually putting it into practice and seeing the evidence of it in our lives. Now, you'll notice today I'm uh, representing. I know church at home is kind of everywhere, and the fact of the matter is we're still in Vancouver. So for those of you watching in Edmonton today, <laughs> we love you. If you're watching in Winnipeg, I'm telling you, it is a good time to be in Vancouver and Toronto. And this just, it makes sense. It just makes sense. So today is a great day. I'm a Canucks fan. And as the, the ads say, we're all Canucks. And so why don't we pray for the message and pray for the Canucks. Game three, it's an important one. Jesus, thank you so much that you're here and that you're going to use this word today to, to help us put into practice some new principles, to help us put into practice some life-giving promises. And I ask that our lives would be so positively affected by your word. We, we just give you our time right now. We give you our attention. And Lord God, I pray for the Canucks. Game three, it's crucial. And uh, we pray for the best game of the series. Amen. Amen. Hey, it's a great day to be in church. I, I have a, a message I want to share with you that uh, is really about how to grow wiser. Oh, of course, because we're in Proverbs, right? But check this out. In, in Proverbs chapter 13, uh, verse 20, it says this. <clears throat> Walk with the wise and become wise, for the compa- a companion of fools will suffer harm. Let me read it one more time. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, that principle uh, really plays out constantly in the lives of people. The, the, those that you hang out with will begin to affect the way that you interact with the world around you. You will take and pick up traits from the people that you spend time with. You will copy and replicate what you see happening around you. Around you. And so, walk with wise people, become wise. Walk with fools and suffer harm. Like a really simple principle. Now, here's the, the difficult part, though. The, the tricky part is how do you know... Who's wise? I mean, wouldn't it be easy if you knew wisdom based on something like a jersey? Like if people had like a wisdom jersey and they got up in the morning, they put on their wisdom jersey. And so you saw them from a distance. You're like, I know that person right there is wise. It's so clear and evident to see in their life because they're wearing, they're repping wisdom's colors. Wouldn't that be so much simpler, so much easier to go, who are my people? Oh, I see some people in the wise jerseys. That's my group of people. But it's not quite that simple. It's not quite that elementary that you can just note in a moment who's wise. Here's some things that people use to indicate what wisdom might be. They look at success and they say, well, that person seems successful and success must be wisdom. Cause like they're doing well in life. They must be wise. But the, the truth of the matter is, and you'll see this throughout scripture that, that it's a frustration sometimes for those writing the scriptures. Like why do the evil still prosper. And why do bad things happen to good people? You can't always tell wisdom based on what we see as success in the moment. There's other things that people look at. They're like, well, that person must be wise because they're in leadership. Like they're in charge. And if they were given the opportunity to be in charge, it must be because they're just smarter and better and they've got this whole thing 
together. But the truth of the matter is, maybe, maybe you've served under a leader who's not very wise. Maybe you've been a leader who's not very wise at times. You can't just look at position and say, that's what wisdom looks like. So sometimes we look at things like charisma. And it's the loudest voice. It's the, the most articulate voice. It's the one who has the ability to just kind of speak it out and lead a group. But, but charisma in and of itself can actually be a dangerous thing. You know, wisdom sometimes knows how to just be quiet. And foolishness can't help itself sometimes, but, but speak. And so we say, well, how do we know? How can we see an evidence of wisdom? The truth is it takes some time. The truth is if we want to pick the right crew to be a part of, the right wise people to walk with, it's probably going to take some time. And today I, I don't want to simply to look and judge others, but maybe we could put it in this context. I want to be a wise choice for anyone to walk with. Like I want to be the type of person that if you walk with me, you're going to grow wiser. And so today... If it's not success, and if it's not, you know, leadership, it's not charisma, what is the indication of what wisdom looks like? I think you'll find, and I noticed this week in our readings in Proverbs, you'll find this ongoing, continual theme about the importance of the words of the wise. Like the words that are spoken indicate wisdom. Let me just show you a quick example. Like Proverbs chapter 10, if you have your Bible there, let's just look at an example of this. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 11 says this, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Verse 13 says this, wisdom is found in the lips of the discerning. Verse 19 says, sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent Hold their tongue. You see, it's like speaking the right thing. It shows in, shows an indication of wisdom. Not speaking the wrong thing also shows an indication of wisdom. Verse 21, the lips of the righteous nourish many. Oh, I want that to be my words. That the words that come out of my mouth are actually bringing nourishment and wholeness and sustaining the people around me. Look at chapter 11, verse 9. It says, with their mouths, the godless destroys their neighbor. Look at verse 13, a gossip betrays confidence, but a trustworthy person can keep a secret. Look down to chapter 12 and verse 6, the words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the speech of the upright rescues them. Look at verse 13 of chapter 12, evildoers are trapped by their sinful talk. Verse 14, from the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things. Verse 18, the words of the reckless are piercing like swords, but the tongue of the wise can bring healing. My goodness, it's just all through here. Look at chapter 13 and verse 2. It says this, from the fruit of their lips, people enjoy good things. Like if a theme is that consistent in scripture, at some point, we got to stop and take note. At some point, we actually just have to stop and listen for a moment and say, like, if words are an indication of wisdom, do I have ears to hear what wisdom sounds like? And if I hear what's coming out of my own mouth, does it sound like what wisdom should sound like so that I could be the type of choice that people would want to walk with and live with? And by virtue of being together, we'd grow wiser. You know, the truth of the matter is it's easy to put on a jersey 
It's easy to put on a jersey to fit in. It's easy to put something on the outside to belong. I've been at sporting events in other cities and it's really easy. If you want, you just go buy a hat, you put it on and you're in. You're sitting with a group of people. I remember going to a Detroit Lions game. I don't care about the Detroit Lions, but I was sitting in the sands amongst a group of people who you could tell lived for the Lions. They had the jersey, they had the scarf, they had the hat. And it's not that hard to find yourself in the crowd by simply repping the place you are. And the same, I guess, would be true with wisdom. It's easy to show up at the right places and make it appear like, well, I'm wise. I go to church. Of course I'm wise. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm repping. But what's the quality of the words that are coming out of our mouths? Words are powerful. The words that come from your mouth are powerful. Let me just show you a couple of ways that that is the case. Words have so much impact. Your words have the power to bring death or life. We read it there in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 18. It says that your words have the power like a sword to pierce. They also have the power to heal. So let me ask you, do you speak sharply or do you speak in a way that's bringing healing? Let me ask myself, are my words cutting other people down and piercing them or All my words bringing healing to the situation that I'm in. It's crazy how much discernment this takes. Because as you saw, sometimes the wise are quiet. Sometimes the wise speak up. Sometimes the fool is quiet and doesn't know what to say. But a lot of times the fool is just chattering. I need discernment to see the quality of what's coming out of my mouth. Your words are also powerful not only in the way they affect others, but they affect eternity. Look what it says in the book of Romans. If you have your Bible... Turn over to Romans chapter 10. I just want to set the tone here for our words. Our words are powerful. Look at Romans chapter 10. And uh, when you get there, why don't you put in the chat, I got there before Pastor Justin did. But you're on a computer. It's easy to get there. Okay, here we go. Romans chapter 10. Look at verse 9. And what it says here, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. How powerful are words? They have the power to affect your eternity. To speak with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and actually live it with the consistency of your life. You're saved. My goodness, words have power. They can heal others or they can hurt others. They can actually introduce you in and bring you into eternity. But your words also have the power for the eternity of others. Check this out. If you go a little bit further down, Romans chapter 10, go down to verse 13. Look at this. It says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on the one that they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I'm telling you, Vivid Church, our call is not only to get our words right, 
so that we can be the wise person that people associate with. Our call is not only get our words right so that, that we can bring healing and not piercing. Our call is to get our words right because out of the substance of what we speak, we have the power to affect our eternity and the eternity of the city in which we live, the people in which we associate with. This is our destiny. This is our call that out of our mouth would come declaration of who Jesus is, that out of our mouth would come a clear description of the goodness of God's grace so that those who hear could call on the name of the Lord. Our words have power. So I want to get my words right. I want to say the right things. It's funny, isn't it? If I show up wearing this, you kind of make an assumption pretty quickly that I must know a little bit about the Canucks. But the truth is, until you've heard what I say, just repping a jersey is only, it's only a thing. But if you sit down, you want to talk about how significant the Alex Stoyanov trade was for the Vancouver Canucks legacy, because they got Marcus Naslin for Alex Stoyanov. I can go there. I can talk that with you. I could, I could remember with you the very first goal scored in what was then known as GM play, scored by Mike Ridley, our third line center, or was he our first line center? Like I can talk that talk and not just rep. The same should be true of us with our faith. That it's not just like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I put it on my Instagram bio. But as I walk with God, the quality of what's coming out of my mouth is consistently aligned with wisdom. Now I know that's a heavy, heavy mandate. I know that's a big, significant call that your words and my words could have the power to affect the eternity of the people in our lives. That's why we got to get this thing right. But yet the Bible seems to indicate that controlling our tongue is difficult. If you have a hard time with the, the, the words you speak, then you know, like the Bible says, that it's difficult to get this thing right. Look what it says in the book of James chapter 3. Someone's like, hold up, I thought we were talking out of the book of Proverbs. Well, guess what? The whole Bible is about the whole Bible. The context of the content matters so much. And the whole Bible from beginning to end interlocks and it ties together. Look what it says here in James chapter 3. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. But who is never at fault in what they say? That person's perfect. They're able to keep their whole body in check. Here James says, if you can always get it right with what you say, then you're basically perfect. He goes on to say this, when you put a bit in the mouth of a horse, you make them obey and you can turn the whole animal. Or take a ship, for example. Although that's large and is driven by strong winds, a ship is steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of man's life on fire, and it itself is set on fire by hell. James, were you having a bad day when you wrote this? Check it out. It says all kinds of animals, birds, and reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed for mankind, or by mankind. But no human can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil, and it's full of deadly poison. Out of your tongue we praise God, and with it we also curse humans who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes both praise 
and cursing my brothers and sisters. This shouldn't be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? The answer, by the way, is no. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt, uh, salt spring produce fresh water. In as many poetic pictures as James can pack into a couple of paragraphs, he's making this point that the quality of what comes out of our mouth is indicating the quality of what's on the inside. He said, if it's a salty spring, fresh water is not coming out. He, he, he claims the tongue is like a fire set uh, aflame by hell. And that one word has the ability, like a spark, to light a whole forest ablaze. Have you ever lived near a forest fire? It's terrifying. It's terrifying to look up on the mountain and, and see just this little flame. I remember I grew up in Salmon Arm, and in 1998, there was a lightning strike that hit the top of the fly hills near the city. And we looked up, and we saw smoke every day, and thought, ah, it's a little fire up there. But then a windstorm came, and the wind blew, and it raged, and it covered the mountainside. And I, I remember sitting in the valley in a truck with my friend, and we were sitting there, and we watched this large branch from one mountain be carried over by the heat of that flame and land on Mount Ida on the other side of the road, and immediately the mountain began to blaze. It's amazing the power of one spark. It's amazing how much destruction can come with those flames as they, as they land in a dry place. In the same way our words can bring that much destruction. Someone you're watching church at home, you're like, I actually showed up today for some hope. Pastor Jennifer said an anxious heart is a bad thing and kind words would make it better. Why can't you speak something kind, Pastor Justin? What is this? I just heard Sade lead that, you know, that, that God is a man of his word and we can always count on him. And here you are getting all discouraging that the, the, like taming the tongue is hopeless and it's impossible. Well, how can we have both of those things in play at once? The truth is we can't tame our tongue. Like no one can. No one can just make the determination, I'll always say the right thing at the right time. We can't do it. Because if we're trying to control the content of our heart from our tongue, we're already way downriver. We're already way downstream. It's too late. What we can control, however, is the content of what we put in our lives. Because the indication of what's coming out of your mouth is actually what is in your heart. Jesus put it this way. I'm jumping all over today. Thank you, Proverbs, for inspiring this journey through the Scripture. Look at Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, if you have your Bible. Oh, this is a good one. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33. Jesus is speaking, and he says this. Verse 33. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad, and its fruit will also be bad. For a tree is recognized... By its fruit. You brood of vipers. How can you, who speak evil, say anything good? For the mouths speak what the heart is full of. Did you catch that? Our mouths speak what the heart is full of. Out of our mouth is an indication of what's in our life. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you. That everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every word that they've spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. I mean, Jesus is heavy on this. James is heavy on this. King Solomon is heavy on this. Our words matter. Our words have power. But the hope that comes in what Jesus says is this. 
okay, you can't control your tongue. You can't just control what you say, but you can control what you invest into your heart. And what you put into your heart will be what comes out of your mouth. Like this, we can get right. And if we get this right, we get this right. That's why you can tell if a person's wise by the content of what's coming out of their mouth. By the words that they speak. Are they life-giving? Are the words that they speak truthful? Are the words that they speak appropriate? Are the words that they speak kind? Are the words that they're speaking honest? Are the words that they're speaking necessary? Are the words that they're speaking uh, significant and, and weighty? Do they have the ability to be quiet when quietness is what's needed? Here's how that happens. We get the right stuff in our heart. Now, friend, you can control what you put in your heart. You and I can indicate or or control what we invest into our lives and what we put in will come out that's just the the way it works it's like (laughs) look at this this message is brought to you by the vancouver canucks coca-cola and king solomon (laughs) look at this 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 can of coke i mean you could probably guess what's in here right you could guess that like i could describe it to you anyway i could say oh some of the greatest hot sauce you'll ever ever taste but you kind of know it's Coca-Cola. And when the time comes and, you know, oh, that sounds good. Just give me a sec. Tastes good too. And I'm not surprised that there was Coca-Cola in this Coca-Cola can because Coca-Cola was put in there. And so under pressure, and when you open it, what comes out of it is what you put in it. Like no one would open up Coke and go, okay, I just hope that fresh water will pour out of this. Well, you know it's not fresh water because they put Coke in there. No one would open up and be like, okay, I hope this is, this is the, uh, the, the new latest fragrance, the new perfume that I was hoping for. No, no. They put Coca-Cola in there. So when you open up this can, what comes out is what you put in it. And the same is true of your words. When you open up your heart by your mouth, what comes out is what you put in. It's funny because sometimes people say, I know I said that, but you know my heart. But the truth is, what you said is an indicator of your heart. Now, if you don't like the quality of what you say, it's a heart issue. It's not, okay, I guess I just shouldn't say things anymore. No, 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 say things. Just say the right things. Well, how do I do that? Just discipline myself and force, you know, mimicking? No, no, no. Get it in your heart. I read an article this week, and and it was uh, parents... In, in the United States of America. Just give me a sec here. Oh, that's good. Parents in the, the United States who are complaining that Peppa Pig is giving their kids British accents. They're saying, no, like my kid is now speaking with a British accent. It's like uh, the oppression of the British Empire forcing my kid to be British because of Peppa Pig. And then a linguist said this, no, 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 the, the, the kids might be mimicking what they hear, but your mother tongue, your native tongue is actually, it comes from the inside. So they can mimic words they've heard, but they're not going to internalize that accent unless it actually is is like lived in their heart. And I guess the same would be true of us. We can get the right things sometimes, but if you put us under pressure, what's really in our heart will be what comes out. Like I can say nice things, but if I have cruelty in my heart and you put me under pressure, cruelty is going to come out. Like if you shake this can of Coke and you pressurize it just right, this thing will explode and what will come out will be what I put in. And the same is true of our heart. We can get it right sometimes. But under stress, under pressure, 
when things are tough, when we're in a global pandemic, what comes out of our mouth is what we put in our heart. So today I want to give you maybe a little indication of just some of the, some of the warning signs that there might be something wrong in our heart. Some of the warning signs out of what comes out of our mouth that maybe right now we need to invest some new things in our heart. You know, out of our mouth, we can speak foolishness. The Bible actually desires that we would speak in wisdom. So if foolishness is what's coming out of your mouth, just empty words, it's probably this indicator, I need to begin to invest more wisdom into my heart so that under pressure, the right things come out. It might be that out of your mouth is perversion. The truth of the matter is Jesus desires that you and I would be filled with purity. And purity means to be unmixed. And so maybe you need to consider the content. What am I putting into my heart? Is it pure? If it's pure, then what's coming out of my mouth over time and under pressure will actually be pure and not perverse. If lying comes naturally to you, the heart of God is that you'd speak the truth and you'd speak it in love. And so if you find yourself lying, sometimes even when a lie is not necessary, oh my goodness, it's time that you begin to invest more truth into your life and meditate upon what is true. You know, with our mouth, we can gossip, but the Bible desires and the heart of God desires that we would honor people with our our mouths. And so begin to pour more honor into your life. Focus on the honor that God desires for us to have. So under pressure, what comes out of your mouth is honoring and not gossip filled. What about doubt? Jesus wants you to live by faith. He wants you to speak words of faith. And if words of doubt, if you're always the one who's doubting the reality of what God's doing or doubting the goodness of what God has in store for us, get more faith into your life. If, if you're a person who what's coming out of your mouth is, is silence, you just never speak, you never know the right thing to say. Well, the Bible says this, the Holy Spirit will give you the right thing to say at the right time. So put the Spirit in your life. That testimony of power and the wonderful works of Jesus are going to flow out of your mouth naturally. Maybe you're a person who speaks curses. Now, I'm not saying incantations and spells. It could be true. But what I mean is this, you're always speaking with negativity. You're always saying That's the worst. I'm the worst. I suck. I'm a loser. They're terrible. This is bad. It's never going to work. It's not, you know, the Bible actually speaks that that we should be humble. It's funny that humility actually counteracts curses. Humility says, I'm not feeling it right now, but if God says it, I believe it. He's a man of his word, like we sang today. If, if God says it, I'm just going to believe it. I don't see what's happening right now. It would be easy to speak to all the negativity, but I'm going to trust God. Okay, I've covered a lot today. Let me summarize. Those who walk with wise become wise. If you're a companion with fools, there's harm in store. How do you tell if someone's wise? Well, not, not by their jersey. It would sure be easy if that were the case, but you actually have to spend some time listening to the content of what they speak. I hope that as you listen to me, and I hope that as I listen to you, I'm going to find, and you're going to find, oh, there's some wisdom that comes there. How do we know what's wise? Well, is it honoring? Is it faith-filled? Is it humble? It's all of these things. So you could actually take it down to a micro level. Walk with the humble, you're going to become humble. Walk with the faith-filled, you're going to become faith-filled. Walk with those who speak honor, you're going to become honoring. And remember how much power your words have, life and death to the people around you. You can cut someone down or build someone up. Eternity for yourself and the eternity of others if they could hear you proclaim the wonderful works of Jesus. Let's not just try to get our words right, let's get our heart right. 
Because out of the overflow of our heart, our mouth will speak. And so today, I, I suppose I'm just putting a highlighter or a spotlight on this one thing. The, the words we speak are an indicator of what's in our heart. And Man, I can't get my words right. I can't even get my heart right. But I know the one who can. His name is Jesus. And he loves me. And he lived and died to take my place so that my heart could be made new. My heart could be cleansed. And there's this scripture that says, God, take away my heart of stone and replace it with a new heart that is alive and vibrant. So I want to pray that prayer for us today. If you're here and you're in a relationship with Jesus, oh, that God would, would fill again your heart. But maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. Guess what? He wants to replace that heart of stone with a heart of flesh that is alive, a new life that is eternal. So let me pray with you. Jesus, I thank you for every person who's at church at home today. I thank you that you have the power to get our heart right. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some determination on our part. But we draw near to you and we come close to you knowing that as we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And so I pray for every person that as they listen to the content of their words, where you indicate, hey, there's a lack of humility, help us grow. If you indicate to us there's a lack of faith right now, help us to grow in faith. If there's a lack of boldness, help us to grow in boldness. A lack of humility, help us to grow in humility. We want to get this thing right. We actually want to be the companion who helps others thrive. And Lord, I I pray right now for those who don't know you. I ask that you would receive them just as they are. And that if they would pray this simple prayer of faith, that you would meet them and bring them life. If that's you, just pray a prayer like this. Jesus, I trust you with my life. I say, you're Lord. I repent of my, my sin. And I receive your grace in Jesus' name. If that's you today, you've begun a new life with Jesus. And you say, but hold up. I'm not wise yet. No, no. Wisdom is a lifestyle lived. We're going to get this thing right. Walking together with the wise, we will become wise. This week, here's your challenge. Listen to the words you're saying. And if you hear some things that you don't love, Just know, okay, there's something in my heart right now that needs adjustment. But God is the greatest at bringing adjustment to our heart. It's not your job to just fix your words. It is our job to draw near to God and to allow Him to change our heart. I love you so much. If you're not in a hub, get to hub this week. We're going to talk real on this stuff, and I know it's going to help you. I love you guys. I'll see you next week at Church at Home. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church Podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.